show it would not be the beginning of 2024 going the right way for me if i did not have charlie robinson on right away to talk about what we are looking at ahead thank you for joining me charlie thank you for having me i'm sure 2024 is going to be totally normal and nothing weird's going to happen or anything wink wink can you imagine now you uh i want people to know that you have a new show on tnt uh, every day, which is awesome because my audience really loves you and you macroaggressions is on once in a while. And now you're going to be out there so much more. So just real quick, I want everyone to subscribe to Charlie. He's spreading his wings all over the place, whether he likes it or not. Uh, so what <laughs> um, where can they because now you're on Rumble, too, right? Rumble. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, macroaggressions on cool. Rumble would be great. I still I got lum late to the party on Rumble, admittedly. But 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 better late than never. So if you're over there and you get your content there, subscribe to Macroaggressions. If you're right. interested in the the TNT radio show, that's fun. That's actually on Rumble too. They're live streaming it. It's not radio anymore. It's no, no. it's full 4K video and and I do like a, every day Monday through Friday 2 p.m. Eastern. I do an hour show and I have guests on and. Um, interview them i just got i just got off with roger stone or, or, or before right. we recorded this and and he's you know so we, i get i'm i'm, I'm kind of like a newscaster you know I, I sit there i have to sit up straight and i get i have a producer i have like an invisible earpiece and a producer wow. in the studio in nice. australia in my ear it's all it's it's legit it's it, cool it feels very professional i feel like i have a real job i Ugh. can't believe it i don't know uh because mm. the great part about you though is that your background especially everyone knows from my my talking about it constantly i even talk about the, your book the octopus of global control and speeches sometimes but you're coming at it from a different perspective because a lot of the people that you're having on what i notice from my own world too they don't really get the full globalist aspect of what we're dealing with on the planet right now uh people are still very focused on you know america 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 and i keep trying to say to people this has very little to do with america and and i yeah. wanted your take on that going forward because there are still people that do not know about Agenda 2030, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, full track and trace surveillance, how this all works. So so for those people, if they watch me and you, they get it. But for people that are trying to wake up other people that think that the controlled demolition of America, which is Charlie's other book, uh, yeah. is is an American operation. What are we really dealing with uh, going forward uh, on a grander scale? Well, it, it impacts America, but it's not America's idea. It's so the globalist group, the, the globalists, you know, that Alex Jones is always yelling about. Right. They, they, they you, when you want a world government, the problem with that is that there's existing governments and you've, and you've kind of got to deal with them and, and, and you can deal with them a variety of ways. You can, straight up regime change them like the CIA does. You can destabilize them and, you know, make a, you know, make it so that a new leader comes in there and then you finance them. So you can do it a couple of ways. But when it comes to superpowers, when it comes to empires, you have to take a different strategy. You have to take a more long-term approach to them. You're not going to undermine an empire with, by regime changing one guy. So with regard to say the Soviet Union, 
if you're going to create a world government, you got to get rid of these superpowers. So the Soviet Union was slated for destruction many years ago. And you 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 watch that fall apart in the you know towards the tail end of the 80s and the very early part of the 90s that goes away. Now there's one superpower left. That's the United States, the American Empire. And if you want to create a world government, you cannot have an empire standing in your way. It just makes everything way more difficult. So before the government, the world government thing is able to take place. You have to get rid of this American empire that stands in your way. Now, some of the people that are involved in this are, in fact, Americans. They have no loyalty to America. So that's why when people get kind of caught up in the America side of this and don't see the global picture, I understand that because you see a lot of Americans doing all these crazy things. But the truth is, these are, as David Rockefeller said in page 405 of his autobiography, that they are internationalists, right? That, that, that if that is the charge, they stand guilty and, and proud of it. So what they want is they want world government. They'll settle for world governance, which is like a layer that you put on top of the world in which you kind of control. I'd say a prime example of world government would be if you just got rid of all the governments and, and, and the United Nations was in charge. Global governance is when the World Health Organization is in charge of the current paradigm, which is exactly where they're going. So they're trying to hit it from two different directions. If we can't destroy the American empire right away, which they're doing a pretty good job of, right. just give them enough time, then, then at the very least, we'll try out a different strategy, which is maybe we can find a supranational organization like the World Health Organization and, and use that to sit on top of all of the governments. So if you look at it as like a pyramid hierarchy, um, then instead of like your government being at the top, it's actually the World Health Organization is above your government. So not because they care about our health, but because it's a Trojan horse in. Because if you can get people scared and you can get them very uh, worried about virus that's going to get them, the next, the next one, whatever it is, then you can say, we have to protect you. It's for your safety. Right. <laughs> That's what right. that, that you've always said in World War II. It's for your safety. Right. And so, you know, of course, these people don't care about your safety. They're trying to kill you. They're eugenicists. They're trying to depopulate. They don't care about your safety. They care about their safety. And you are in, in the way of their safety because you're going to rise up against them. So if they can convince you. <laughs> That the World Health Organization is going to be there for your safety and whatever they tell you to do. Hey, it's not us. It's not it's not Joe Biden. I'm not telling you to do it's the World Health. Take it up with them. Take it up with um, right. take it up with Tedros. Take it up with these guys. You know, I mean, we're not the ones telling you to do it. Wink, wink. But they are, in fact, I mean, they're they're part of this cabal. And so. It's very important to to understand the relationship between some of these agencies that you hear. Like when you hear the World Health Organization, it sounds great. It sounds like the doctor group that's going to make sure that the world survives. But in actuality, it's underneath the United Nations umbrella. And the United Nations was started, as as we know, by the by David Rockefeller. So this is a day. It's like David Rockefeller is in charge of the world. Yes. Now yes. he's dead, of course. But but, yeah. but that ideology, the globalist mindset, they they you can't fight wars and take over the world. Genghis Khan tried that, Napoleon tried that, the Roman Empire, they tried that. At some point, supply chains get too stretched. A different way to do it 
would be to come at it from from a, a variety of different directions. Control the money. If you can control the money, you, you basically can finance the armies. If you control the health component of it, then you can get people very scared and in a in a p- position where they're making short-term decisions. You're not thinking about 50 years down the road. You're thinking about trying to keep your job. And your job is telling you, you have to take this experimental gene therapy injection and you don't want to do it, but you're scared. You're scared because there's a virus. You're scared because your job is telling you to be scared and you might lose it. And then you'd, and then you'd lose your house and all these things. So there's a lot of things to be worried about and they prey on that. And so they get you to 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 be very scared, making short term decisions, fight or flight. And you then wind up in a situation where you're listening. You say, fine, we'll put the tell me what to do. Well, the government's not telling you what to do. That would be tyrannical. We're just going to have the the nice people at the World Health Organization tell you what to do. So that is where it gets international in scope. And I think a lot of people miss that. And that's okay because. It's easy to miss it because you're sort of focused on your own stuff, but but don't forget that it's global in nature and that this is a plan to enslave um, really the world and to do it under the guise of saving you. What a yeah. bunch of pricks. Yeah, exactly. That's what I say. And I wish the, if the American people really did fully understand what they are dealing with here, I, I always say uh, we're a captured nation and we're captured by a globalist billionaire oligarchy that have decided that, again, I call them the Fourth Reich, as I always say, the ADL does not like me because I say that. I, I'm not sure it doesn't make that much sense there, but that's the way they work there. Um, but I have to say, if you look at the Third Reich, it's very similar the only issue is, which makes it very difficult to accept, is that this group does not have any loyalty to any nation, to any flag, to any people, to any religion. It is power for power's sake. Like when um, it's explained in 1984, when the state says, "No, no, those the, the you know the the Russians and the Chinese, they didn't do it right. We're power for power's sake, and we know what we're doing." You know, and 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 again, when they get that power, they're not giving it back. And and so no. for anyone to not understand where we are right now is is to really fundamentally not get the aspect of what you're saying. But I don't think after the pandemic, many people that are actual critical thinkers or even people that just think on a common level can't understand that there is a world coordination going on, that, that they overplayed their hands so much so that everyone saw it. Plus the Internet and people like you and other shows of uh, people that you do shows with out there all over the world saying at the same time, this is happening to us here. And then it's happening there and everywhere in Ireland and in, you know, India and in Yugoslavia, everywhere in the whole world, Mexico, uh, in at one time. So it woke a lot of people up to the idea that there must be a coordinating operation going on. It cannot be just random, but you bring up Rockefeller. You wrote obviously a great book about that. Now this was where it goes to the super class, supra class, so we are at a place in America right now where people are still confusing the idea that there are American corporations and American banks. And I keep saying to people, no, it's the public-private partnership, World Economic Forum, UN friends, they're all going next week. But how is it that the corporations and the banks have, uh, it seems to me, have more power to determine our behavior and everything than any government official in America at this point? Well, the short answer is Citizens United. I mean, that gave them a disproportionate that that gave them the ability to directly finance political campaigns. 
not that they weren't in other ways, you know, right. they're all, there's always a way around it. So I, it, much like the Smith Modernization Act legalized right. propaganda right. in the media, let's not pretend like they weren't lying before that, but they, but they legalized it. Let's not pretend that they weren't giving money to people behind their back. They just legalized it with Citizens United. So I'm, I'm fearful of that. I think that people need to understand about how, um, you know, offshore banking works. There's a great documentary called uh, The Spider's Web, uh, a Britain's second empire, I think it is, or Britain's secret empire. And yeah. it's talking about how when when the British empire sort of went away in the 50s on, on the overt side, right. it didn't really go away. It just turned into more of offshore banking uh, havens like Bermuda and Cayman Islands right. and, um, you know, all the place, Jersey, Guernsey, all these places that are that are sort of uh, little little island colonies. Right. And a lot of power runs through those places. I remember being in the Cayman Islands and in, in, in a cab and this guy, we were at a stoplight and he says, hey, take a look at that building over there. And I looked at it and it was like a strip mall. It was like a strip mall with like a little maybe three-story office kind of building off to the side. I go, yeah, which one? That one? He goes, yeah, yeah. Look at that, that little three-story building. He goes, there's 56,000 corporations operating out of that place. And wow. I was like, what? And he's wow. like, yeah, he's like, it's just like a mailboxes, et cetera, sort of, but oh, in the wow. Cayman Islands. So there's jurisdiction that these people seek out that allows them protection. And so when you talk about American banks, What's an American bank when, it, when that American bank has uh, has operations in the Cayman Islands and things? Like, I mean, you're like, well, we have banking laws in the United States. <laughs> OK, they have banking laws in Bermuda, too. Right. And that's why a lot of uh, some of the corporations that you think, you you know, that a lot of the people, the Pritzkers and, and, uh, are living in these uh, offshore trusts. So a lot of a lot of work gets done legally behind the scenes. A lot of this stuff is perfectly legal, not illegal. They've made it legal. Hey, and so it, it's interesting for people that 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 um, you know, if you live in America and you and you deal mostly in America, you, you know, you don't really leave all that much. It feels like these are American banks. These banks are international. They are international crime syndicates, and and and, and on top of that. This idea that they're all competing against each other, that's nonsense. That they, they are a banking cartel. They know what's good for each other. Sometimes Citigroup makes more money than Goldman Sachs and sometimes whatever. They all work together. It's a protection racket. It's the reason why nobody goes to prison. It's the reason why they don't. Jamie, Jamie Dimon is never going to prison. He's just not. He's protected. He's in that club. And um, and so I think that we need to reevaluate the, the the way we evaluate or or or, or the our relationship with right. these multinational corporations. I mean, a lot of this stuff is not American. It doesn't want corporations aren't people, despite what Mitt Romney might have you believe. But they're not, and they don't care, and they're only function is to serve as a vehicle for whatever the lunatics that started them wherever they want to take it you know right. what i mean whatever their ideology is and it's and it's a great way to 
to protect assets. It's a great way to protect people from from prosecution and things like that. And um, and so it's it gets you know Mel. The thing is that a lot of this stuff gets bogged down in like the boringness of banking. It's banking. Who cares? And I don't really want to. You know it's, exactly. It's Really, and we've also really been expensive. educated to think that way too. It's too complicated. Sure. It's too big. It's but there's if you like crime dramas, if you're fascinated by shows and look into banking. There is no place where more criminality takes place than in banks. I mean, they are a criminal syndicate. So we're here in 2024. We've got a banking industry that is basically a house of cards. Yep. And my my fear is that these are very smart people. They know they're over leveraged. They've got a backup plan. I want to know what that is. What's the backup plan when Deutsche Bank uh, defaults on its derivative books and and it has a cascading effect and it starts to take things down? It's wh- where are these people putting their money and where where is this stuff going to pop up? I, my fear, of course, is central bank digital currencies. Did, and you yeah. and I have talked about this a yeah, million times. That is my fear: is that it's going to be problem, reaction, solution, problem. We have a banking crisis. Reaction: Oh my God, all of my money is gone. They've taken it. They've stolen it because they legalized the bail-in a couple of years ago, exactly. and now my money exactly. is gone. Exactly. Solution: We know that this is very unfair. We've found a way to make you whole again. We are going to give you the U.S. digital dollar. We're going to give you a central bank digital currency. In fact, get your wallets, get your digital wallets. We'll teach you how to do it. We're going to we're going to make you whole in the CBDCs. Mistakes were made. We can't live in the past. We're not going to prosecute any of these people because it was all legal. And um, and that I can see as a problem reaction solution. Uh, avenue towards getting people into the central bank digital currencies, but there could be others. I mean, yeah. there's, there, there's plenty of options. I mean, that, that... Yeah. I mean, that's that, but we, well, this is why what you do and, and a lot of other people that do what we do are so important because the word has gotten out about central bank digital currency and, you know, it's tokenization. It's not, this is not your money transfer. It's not like, cause some people, the way that they're selling it, I see like the pilot program. Somebody sent me an email they got from uh, Wells Fargo asking them to, you know, they'll give them an extra hundred dollars if they switch over to this tokenization, the trial that they're doing. And there's executive orders about it. Certainly one four zero six seven. I've I've read on my show. But the truth is that this is also the gateway, Charlie, to something you've warned about for a long time, which is to uh, full track and trace surveillance via your bank account. And then I believe that the next phase, because if you look at the executive order, meanwhile, all these executive orders line up with the 17 sustainable development goals, which nobody should kid themselves since Barack Obama signed it in 2015 to join Agenda 2030. Almost everything they've done has been to align with the 17 development goals. But one part of this tokenization in the central bank digital currency that isn't really being absorbed by people that think, oh, well, I use credit cards all the time anyway. I don't use cash anyway. There's another aspect to this, Charlie, that you've covered a lot, which is the ledger technology, the blockchain, the actual like tagging of individual people with because the, they have the AI, they have the infrastructure to absolutely fully take away all of your privacy on all fronts and then put in a social credit score. Givaderm is a luxurious, toxin-free skincare that actually works. Not only do we take the toxins out, we put the most powerful nutrients in. All of our products are an effective way to detoxify, replenish, and protect your skin. 
Our toxin-free, natural ingredients provide real results without compromising your skin's health. Unlock the secret to beautiful, healthy skin using this synergistic skincare system. It's never too late or too early to begin living a more beautiful life with Give a Derm. Natural, healthy skin. Head over to the MelKShow.com partners page and get a 10% discount now. Yeah, blockchain is great for what it does. It is full transparency. That's why people like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is fully transparent. Bitcoin is not what you want to use to pay off your mistress. It's full transparency. You don't want, you want Monero for that. There, they, right. There's coins that'll do that, you know, but so when you've got everything out in the open on the blockchain, then one of the things that you could do if you had enough uh, horsepower or in this case, computing power, which we're we're moving that way with artificial intelligence and and quantum computers, you could theoretically go look through everybody's transactions, everybody's purchases, and you could develop a couple of things. You could develop a, first of all, a personal profile on the person. You could also feed that into a system that then um, one of the things that BlackRock was getting involved in is talking about giving a, a basically a score for whatever it is you're buying with regard to a carbon score, meaning if it's red meat, it's going to be really high score, mean, meaning bad, bad for the environment. And then if you're eating bugs, it's a very low score. So you could you can get yourself into a scenario and this was this is going to sound science fiction but i assure you it's already happening right. um you get yourself into a scenario where you're using your credit card to buy you went to the grocery store fourth of july party at your house big barbecue you're gonna have everybody over you're buying burgers hot dogs what steaks everything go through the checkout in the in the your card you put your card in and the lady says i hate to do it to but you are way above your carbon threshold. Right. Can't sell you these steaks. Can't sell you the hamburgers. Now that sounds like, oh, you guys are making this stuff up. Well, MasterCard is already has a credit card, a carbon credit card. And MasterCard is partners with the World Economic Forum. So right. they're already working on this right now. What they would ideally like to do. Now, I don't know if they'll get there and I don't know when they'll get there. But ideally, they would like to have an allotment where you are allowed to a certain threshold every month of carbon that you can uh, be responsible for putting into the atmosphere. I don't know what the threshold will be. They'll make it up. Right. And anything above that, they'll tax you on it. Now, if you're low on your carbon output. You don't eat a lot of steaks, your score. Let's say that the threshold is 100 every month and you come in at 75 every month and 100 is is the most you can do. And some people, you know, that they they want to exceed that but they can't. Well, they're creating a brand new marketplace where you can sell these carbon credits. You could theoretically sell your 25% that you have left, your little 25, you, you, the max is 100, you use 75, you've got 25 left. You could keep it and roll it over to next month when maybe you need a little bit more, or theoretically, you could sell it on the market and you could find a, a marketplace for this carbon. Now that is being built in Chicago. Right. The Obama Obama is deeply involved in the that that is happening in Chicago. It is a carbon marketplace. It will be run by the banks. 
the same banks that are all convicted felons, the same banks that have all been busted for rigging previous marketplaces, right. including LIBOR, COMEX, Forex. They've all been busted, tried for their crimes, convicted. They're all convicted felons. They've all paid fines for this. This is exactly what they're going to do. And if you don't think this is even a possibility, I ask you this, what were they doing at Enron? Right. What was exactly. Ken Lay and Jeff Skilling doing at Enron? Why is Ken Lay's why was Ken Lay's best friend Al Gore? Why? Because right. they were teaching each other what I call the carbon tax hustle. And that is this is going to make central banking look like peanuts. When you can sell carbon offsets and you can sell it on a corporate level, you can sell it on a, on a governmental level, on a personal level, and whatever it is, you're going to be living in a world in which you are measuring your carbon output and then getting a score, whether you're a good person or a bad person. And then just think of all of the behavior modification that's baked into that. You know what I mean? Like you go, oh, I sure would like to buy that steak, but you know, I can't. Yeah. And so all of a sudden things change. And that is not a world I want to live in. But that is exactly the world in which these globalist lunatics that sit around talking about this stuff have dreamed up. And Mel, you you talk about this as the Fourth Reich. They they have a name for it, too. It's called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. I know it's just it. the same, same thing, I just know. a different. Just, it's still the fourth. It's just, you know, it's a different revolution. And what the Fourth Industrial Revolution is, by definition, according to the World Economic Forum, it is the blending of man with machine into transhumanism. And of course, when you go, oh my God, that's like a RoboCop nightmare. And you go, well, yes, but take a look at the founding of the, 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 the origins of that word transhumanism. That word was created in the 50s by Sir Julian Huxley, brother of Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World and or who wrote uh, 1984. Uh, or, no, brave no, no, new world. Brave, 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 new world. brave new world. Um, yeah, and, brave and, new world was actually a, a vision of what they wanted. Where 1984 was kind of a warning. Huxley's vision. <laughs> brave yeah. new world. Brave new world. So his brother, Sir Julian Huxley, right. coins the term transhumanism, and the reason why he he came up with that was because he was at the time running the British Eugenics Society. Right. And eugenics is depopulation, thinning the herd. And they were having a real hard time pushing that agenda because everybody knew what eugenics meant. So he said, we need to rebrand and change the name of eugenics. I've come up with a new name. It's called transhumanism. So when you hear these lunatics at the World Economic Forum talking about the Fourth Reich, Fourth Industrial Revolution, and that it is transhumanism, just remember what they're really saying is eugenics. They're yeah. really trying to figure out ways to kill you. A hundred percent. And also pick and choose who can have children. And, uh, you know, we used to all look at China and be like, oh, one China, you know, one child. No, no, no. That's what they want for the whole world. And they want to decide yes. it. And and a lot has to do with that. Um, but the transhumanism thing you're talking about, it also with the with the social credit score aspect, too. We all know that what they're doing. So the, the FBI admits they started a new since January 6th division about anti-government, anti-authority uh, division at the FBI of the United States of America. Anti-government. Imagine that. Well, OK, at some point that is going to be put into your allowance of, of money. Uh, also, guns and ammo, which I'm a big fan of, uh, that too could could affect your score. I mean, there, it's endless opportunity. Now, the transhumanism part, people are are getting uh, there. I see it all over, but people are willingly and kind of think it's neat 
to uh, pay for their groceries at uh, one of the billionaire oligarchs of America, Jeff Bezos's Whole Foods, with their hand, their handprint. I went to a place to get my eyebrows waxed, and they wanted me to put my fingerprint three times for the next time I came, because that's how you check into this this place in Palm Beach. I was like, I'm never doing that. I, I see ya. Left the place. Did it myself. But. It's happening everywhere and they're normalizing it on such a low scale that you're walking into a place like a random place to get your nail and they're like, we need your fingerprint. And then or at the airport, people waiting in line for clear to get their they didn't see a minority report, I'm assuming, to get their eyes right. scanned. There's a bunch of executive orders coming out of this regime, which is a globalist regime about biometric data. So that's the next level. People aren't connecting the transhumanism to the giving giving them the authority to violate the privacy of your body, of your fingerprints, of your eyes, these these individualized DNA, your DNA, we know all about. Um, so so the transhumanism thing might be far out, but it's already being done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. I think a lot of people get in their in their minds when they hear transhumanism, that it's like hybrid robot right. people working in warehouses. Maybe at some point, yeah. but, but that, that, that's not where it's good. It's going to start early. It is the blending of man. You know, it's the sales pitch is, Oh, what if you lost your arm in a farming accident? Then you'd need a new robot arm. Wouldn't that be great? And you'd be like, yeah, that'd be great if I needed a new arm, right. but that's not what it is. This is about getting so personal with you under the guise of, of helping you, uh, in, improving the convenience, all this stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to send a pill down. You know, you take this pill. It's a digital pill. You swallow this digital pill and it'll go through your body and it'll map out and it'll tell you where everything is. And then that pill can report back to whoever's got the server or whatever. Right. And, 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 and say, well, we just want to make sure that your current medicine is working the right way. Well, okay, but maybe what it's really doing is sending back details of every medicine that is in your body. It's giving the doctors a very unusual way to track you to make sure you're taking your medicine. Are you taking your medicine? Are you taking your antipsychotic medicine? We told you, you're not going to be able to see your kids unless you're taking your antipsychotic medicine. And if we know, if we find out that you're not taking it, we have ways to make sure that you take it. You have to take this pill every day. If you don't take this pill every day, then an alarm is going to go off and you're never going, you know, we'll send the police to your house. So this stuff is invasive. It starts off as being um, optional and it starts off as being a carrot as opposed to a stick. It starts off with clear to get you through a line at the airport faster. And it ends in minority report, as you mentioned, yeah. which is pre-crime, which, which, you know, when you see that movie in 2002, I did a book report on it for, with these guys, it's sort of a book report where these, these cinema guys in Japan we were like, we want you to do a book, like a movie watch along, not watch along, but we want you to pick a science fiction movie. And then we're going to do a whole show about it. So pick whichever one you want. And I pick Minority Report. Wow. I go, oh, this is going to be perfect. So Minority Report was written by Philip K. Dick in the 50s. Just so you know, I that is what, and it was some of the other books written by Philip K. Dick. I believe AI, the movie also is, is uh, one of his books too. I mean, this um, guy, um, I can't remember for sure, but he's done a lot of these books that uh, yeah. ended up coming and Kubrick and Spielberg end up buying them and yeah. putting them out there he, years before. He did a book called do, do Androids Dream of Electronic Sheep. Um, yeah, it's, 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 
it's predictive. It's it's um, so anyway, that's kind of where we are with with the transhumanism uh, goal. I think that people maybe think, oh, this is going to be robots and 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 you know, maybe we'll get to that point. I think we will at some point. But early on, first of all, never give them consent for any of this stuff. And as James Corbett will tell you, salt all of your information to the extent that you can. If they ask you what your birth date is, give them the wrong one. If they ask you how tall you are or what year, give them the wrong, just give them the wrong information. All of your information should always be wrong all the time. You should be giving everybody wrong information because they're building a digital voodoo doll of you. Yeah. Yeah. They know where you go online. They know where you go offline because you've got a phone with a tracker in it. They know what you buy. They know where you, they've got a lot of this information already. They are building a consumer version of you to figure out how to target you, to get you to buy junk that you don't or need. Or to but- target you in general. You and I have talked a lot about the the advanced. Um, okay. So back to minority report. One thing I hope people will remember. I know you do. He cut out his eyeballs because his he needed new eyeballs. There was a man that actually sold eyeballs on the black yeah. market because of biometric data from the eyeballs that people are walking up to clear and doing on purpose and they're not putting it together. Or they're, they're walking up to WorldCoin built by Sam oh, Altman right. And, right. And, and putting their eyeballs in the thing and saying, we'll give you some free crypto for that. It it all sounds funny and kind of like we're we're not. sort of half joking about it, but but like it this is the slippery slope. This is the stuff that they you know in and and I'm all for advances in technology. But I'm not I'm not. I mean, I might move in with the Amish at some point, but 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 they're, they're, I wouldn't say they they totally have it wrong. But um, but I mean, I I do like the idea of advances, but some of this stuff is being done by some very nefarious companies that 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 don't even care if they turn a profit. This isn't even about money for them. This is about something bigger. That's why you can that's why these hedge funds that are that are finding getting financing like Eric Schmidt's got his own one and Bill Gates has one now and the these these groups they're looking for all this money so that they can invest in companies. Well, how did that company do? Did it do well? Well, it depends on how you measure well. Did it make a profit? No, but it was never about making a profit. It was about collecting eyeball retinal scans from everybody. You know what I mean? Like that in their mind, that's it. So some of these ideas out there, they don't even have to be sustainable, profitable industries. They just have to be something that they're testing out. And they're going to collect this information. And and it's it's very much, you know, think of it like the way a, 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 a murderer doesn't want to leave his cigarette butt at the crime scene. Right. You know, we, we see that in CSI all the time, you know, but that's kind of where we are now. The, the thing is, and this is what Edward Snowden talked about. It's not so much that you have to be doing anything wrong now. It's that they compile all of this information. And then 10 years from now, when you do do something wrong, they then retroactively go back and look through all of this in order to build a case against you. And they say, see, he always had these sort of anti-government leanings. That's the, we right. saw it in his writing. We saw it in his podcast. And then in 2040, he went crazy and strapped a bomb to him. You know what I mean? Like then they'll, they'll go back and look through it and they'll say, oh, see, it was all there. It was all there. So so we have to be careful about our, leaving our digital 
fingerprints. Fingerprints and footprints everywhere. Yeah, and eye prints. I mean, but this is all, it's not new. We're 20 years, we're tw at least 20, if not, a, a good scientist friend of mine said, whatever we're seeing in the news or in, in popular uh, culture, it's been around for at least 20, probably 50 years. And it just keeps, it, it keeps evolving. Now, again, all because there's technology doesn't mean it's better than without technology too, because we have this whole generation of this whole tech boom people, all the partners of the World Economic Forum, all this stuff, CRISPR technology, which is again, also a form of eugenics as far as I can see uh, on many different levels, because it's, um, you know, manipulating within the womb, they can do that and decide, you know, we're, we're going to change this about the, about this and that it's all very advanced. But um, one thing that this takes me to that I think people have to really understand is that uh, when we jump over to something you and I have covered a lot of and is in the news right now to Jeffrey Epstein and why I say that the Jeffrey Epstein case is massive is because Jeffrey Epstein was one of the biggest funders of a lot of this technology. He also had a lot of people that had a lot more money than he did that he would have fund this technology. Um, many people that you hear about know about. So um, I wanted people to understand the Jeffrey Epstein case that you are I'm going to ask you in a second, Charlie, your opinion that you are hearing about right now is not what is the most dangerous and 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 we need to get to the bottom of for a lot of things with Jeffrey Epstein have to do with science, technology uh, and a lot of blackmail out there, which we'll get into. But, Charlie, my opinion of the dropped so so-called of Jeff, this Jeffrey Epstein, it's Virginia's um, which you and I covered back when it happened. Um uh, case and all these things coming out. To me, I feel like this feels very um well, we did it, we did a report on 9-11. Didn't you see it? It's over. Or, right. you know, we did the Warren report. That's it. Or settled science. I feel that this whole operation of the drop of the Jeffrey Epstein New York case documents and everyone acting like it's the list or whatever, which it's not, I feel like this is kind of a okay, we gave you all the information on the Epstein case, it's over. Or get For or sure. or helps Maxwell get out of jail or both. Yeah, and and that's and this is all the the real juicy stuff too, which is the sex trafficking and the sexual entrapment operations and and oh and you know he knew this guy and that guy flew on his plane and right. and all of that is extremely important. Let's not I don't want to discount that. Right. But there's a there's another side of Jeffrey well, there's multiple sides of Jeffrey Epstein, but there's one side that doesn't get talked about at all and that is his relationship with the scientists like you right. mentioned. Exactly. He used to have a thing called fun with physics down at the island and he would invite a lot of this was happening through Ghislaine Maxwell's sister's husband, who was a guy who was in who was really into this stuff. He was a scientist and he would he would sort of help Jeffrey plan these parties where they'd invite all the world-renowned scientists. That's why you hear the Stephen Hawking name. You go, what does he have to do with Jeffrey Epstein? It's the physics side of stuff. That's why he's got uh, 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 Pinker, and all, Marvin Pinker Minsky, and, all these guys. Yeah. The Human Genome Project. We we know, all know about the Media Lab, MIT Media Lab, all the funding. Yeah. So, so get and into it, this. It's important that people understand the cover-up of Jeffrey Epstein isn't about the children. It's not about the island. It's no. not about the girls. It's bigger than that, if you can imagine that. It's that he gave tons of money to Harvard. He gave tons of money to a guy named Martin Nowak, who was in charge of evolutionary biology, evolutionary dynamics in, at, at Harvard. This is game theory 
for people. This is um, trying to figure out what happens to populations when a new variable is introduced. This, these are guys that are doing hardcore computer algorithm mapping to figure out what will happen to humanity if we do this, that, or that. Evolutionary game theory and dynamics and things like that sound, again, it's sort of disguised by the boringness of it all. Like, oh God, here we go. Like, I mean, if you're, unless you're like into counting cards at Vegas casinos, Game theory means very little to people, but Jeffrey Epstein was extremely interested in this side of things because it was starting to get us into a world. And this this takes this this launches into his Zorro Ranch uh, facility in New Mexico, where they're 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 getting into the human genome, the human genetics, and genetics is one step away from eugenics, right. and. Um, and biological weapons, things like that. So you're 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 already in a brand new area that you wouldn't expect just a run-of-the-mill sexual blackmail and trapper guy. You you picture that as being some mafioso guy who's like, or some dude with big scary neck tattoos and who's jacked. You know what I mean? Like you think of those as the as the the traffickers. You don't think of of the guy that's running the child trafficking operation to also be involved in eugenics and 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 this, but that but this is part of the plan. It's part of the rabbit hole that still needs to be fully dug out because there's a lot of um, you know Jeffrey Epstein wasn't just running kids; he was running guns back yes, in the eighties with with, with, right. with uh, Iran Contra, right. and he, and he and he and Les Wexner ran. Southern Air Transport, which used to be Air America. Air America. That was the CIA's private air force. And the thing that, that about, um, but until until Wexner bought it and relocated it out of, uh, moved it from South Florida, moved it to Columbus, Ohio, which is where uh, Limited Brands is. And then said, oh, I'm just flying in, you know, Models. garments from Hong Kong and whatnot into, you know, and, and I'm sure they were, but you know, an interesting component, Mel, of the airline, or the airplane that Jeffrey Epstein had, the Lolita Express and the fleet of airlines that Les Wexner had is that they were all really old, obscure planes. They were all um, 727s, which is, which were used back in the 70s and early 80s by TWA. TWA is now out of business, but there's an interesting component to these airlines that these, these, these one air, this one type of airplane that nobody talks about, but Jeffrey Epstein, who had a Gulfstream 3 and a Gulfstream 4, also owned a 50-year airplane that was described as a flying bus, the Lolita Express, a 727. But the thing about the 727 that makes it unique is that while you're flying it, as long as you're below 10,000 feet, it has a rear deploying staircase yeah, that won't depressurize the entire plane. That's how they and say that can, they ran drugs in uh, with Air America, right? That you they can throw what. Right. Whatever you want out of that hatch, you can throw bales of cocaine, right. you can throw people, you can yeah. throw whatever you want out of there. So yeah. I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying that he had an airplane that allowed you to do this. Oh, and by the way, on a side note, and to be intellectually honest, Donald Trump had one of these airplanes too. And yeah. I'm not saying trying to say that he was up to any, any no good. I'm just trying to say this is the Honda Accord of airplanes. It's really cheap to maintain. All the parts that fit it, you know, all it's all the parts fit on this plane. 
So even though it's 50 years old, it doesn't cost a whole lot in maintenance. It can hold a lot of people. You can reconfigure it. Peter Nygaard had one as well, of course. So so, uh, um, this is the airplane of choice for traffickers, traffickers of all kinds of things, be it the CIA trafficking drugs or Jeffrey Epstein trafficking people. Yeah. I mean, and this is really important. And and that's why I I really fully believe that what is going on right now is a we already investigated it. You have all the information. It's over. And people have to fully understand. And also, you and I both know that it was a giant, massive Maxwell's father first, then them uh, blackmail ring. You're good friends with Whitney Webb. She's written incredible books about this. Uh, There's many other people that have reported on this. But the truth is, some of those people that were blackmailed influenced what happened in this in this world in the last 30 years, be it wars, be it regime change, be it gun running like you're talking about, be it maybe 9-11 or, or whatever's going on, wherever you're talking about. We don't know who we was blackmailing, but we know that they were the most powerful people in the world and that much of that blackmailing probably has a lot to do with what was going on in the world. Now, the problem is. Um, and and you've been into this a lot, obviously. Uh, your Jeff and um and uh, Luke went down there to, to the island. Um, the the truth is that we should know who's on these on these tapes and these hard drives and these videos, but we don't. Uh, where are these hard drives and videos? Do you feel that they've been destroyed? Uh, do you feel that um, there's somebody out there that has this information? Because uh, I think we could solve a lot of criminality over the last fifty years if we knew who were on these blackmail tapes. Mel K here. Looks like X is going to be the front lines for the battle for 2024. So I am back on X. See me at the Mel K Show, at Mel K Show, at Mel K Show. And I will see you at X on the front lines as we march into 2024 and turn this country around. See you at Mel K Show. Yeah, I think that these tapes most definitely exist somewhere. He was Epstein. Well, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, was a he wasn't just a double crosser. He was a triple crosser. He was working for MI6. He was working for the Mossad and he was working for the Soviets as well. So he was playing all sides. And of course, for his troubles, wound up floating in the uh, yeah, floated off the off of his boat, Lady Ghislaine. Right. Um, exactly. So, and and of course, Epstein and Maxwell came together and and put together a new version, a, a East Coast franchise of this sexual entrapment operation. They didn't right. invent it. They're not the only ones doing it. They're not going to be the only ones doing and it's it. Not this over. has been around a long time. It's not over. No, it, it's not <laughs> over. And it in in it's very very efficient and effective. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. You know, you can get these guys in, in, get get these guys to put their guards down. They think they're just partying and hanging out. It's never occurred. A lot of them are so arrogant that they, oh, of course, a 20-year-old chick is interested in in me at the island or a 15-year-old or whatever it is. You know, of course, I'm this powerful guy. Little do they know that this is being made to happen. That this black, you know, these these blackmail honeypots have been around for a long, long time. Now, when you talk about like uh, Whitney's work in One Nation Under Blackmail, volume one in particular, and it starts to go back and look at the relationship between um, 
Ed, J. Edgar Hoover when he was running the FBI for 50 years right. and, and the um, um, and the crime families that were operating inside of um, uh, of New York. Yeah. What was going on was that you, you have um, uh, Trump's old attorney. Um, uh, right. Yeah. Roy Cohn running a, a sexual blackmail entrapment operation of his own. Yeah. And getting J. Edgar Hoover in it to the point where these guys had like the mutually assured destruction, the nukes pointing right. at each other. J. Edgar Hoover can put Roy Cohn in prison forever if he chooses to. Roy Cohn can destroy J. Edgar Hoover with pictures of him dressed as a woman whenever he wants to. Right. So why don't we just get together at the Plaza Hotel and party instead? Yeah. And that's what they would do. That's and still Edgar what's Hoover going on. We have to make very clear because yeah, yeah, yeah. because Clinton, of course. Ehud Barak, you know, Prince Andrew, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the prince of Saudi Arabia, all these people have their own networks, too. Right. Yeah. And and just because you're being blackmailed by somebody doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, too. <laughs> That's right. the weirdest part of this is that Bill Clinton was being blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein, but they were friends. You know what I mean? Like that, that should never really happen. And, and to, to finish the Roy Cohn, J. Edgar Hoover story, it got to a point where at the Plaza Hotel, when they would have the parties and he'd, you know, yeah. Roy would bring in the boys, you know, and do all that stuff. J. Edgar Hoover would show up to the party dressed as a woman. Can you imagine? And the reason why he knew he could do that, even though everyone's like, what is going on? What are you going to do? You're going to go tell everybody about this guy. You're going to go talk. You're going to go. You're going to go tell the paper about this guy. Good luck with that. He'll put a bomb in your car. You know, so so at some point, everyone goes, we're all dirty. We all got the goods on each other. Let's just work together. Yeah. And so some of this is criminal. You know, I always kind of think of it like a Venn diagram with these interlocking circles. You could be members of both groups. You could be members of multiple groups. You could be, you don't have to be one or the other. Sometimes these groups work together because it benefits them. Sometimes yes. they don't. But but the idea that guys like Jeffrey Epstein would have the goods on, you think Prince Andrew didn't know he was recorded? Of course he knew he was recorded. He, he, I mean, he's a dummy. Sure. Also, he, you know, the, the queen obviously knew. We had Jimmy Savile. We have all this stuff. And, and yep. the truth of the matter is that it's a commodity. The problem here is that this group of people, this supra group of people, they are trying to to enslave humanity now. So it's it's mm -hmm. even more dangerous for them at this point. And they're all, I believe, there's a lot of mistakes being made right now. But I think a lot of the, uh, to use a term, warp speed towards Agenda 2030 and implementing all this stuff is because they're having a hard time keeping this down. Uh, I don't think yes. they were ever in danger uh, at this of uh, this close of whole house of cards falling down because you get a couple of them. And I think what people are starting to finally say is how can nobody from even the names released this past week, how come none of these people were ever questioned by the Southern District of New York or the FBI? And yet we're watching the, the persecution of Trump and other people and, and, and normal people all over the country and the January 6th stuff and all of that. Yet none of these people, not not Bill Clinton, not Dubin, not Stately, not none of these people have even been questioned 
And that is where it becomes very dangerous for these people because they did not ever expect, I, I think they believe that with the death of Jeffrey Epstein and then now this kind of, okay, we gave you all the info, it's over. I think quite mm -hmm. the opposite. I really think because people woke up during COVID and now that this this last thing right now, people don't, people don't want to turn the other way. They want to know that now, or at least I hope so. It's a great opportunity for a bunch of people that had been sleepwalking to finally realize, you know, if if COVID was a lie, if that's what woke you up over the last three years to to this in, in some form or fashion, and you and you realize that the governments and these regulatory agencies that you think are there to help you, protect you, um, manage the peace, make sure that the bad people get tried for crimes and that the people that are innocent don't get tried. After watching this the last couple of years, I think everybody recognizes we've got a major problem. So if you do recognize that and you come across this Jeffrey Epstein stuff, my my suggestion is don't don't fall into the uh, limited hangout trap right. where you think that that this is the extent of it, the island, the airplane, the the New York penthouse, and um, you know, he he didn't kill himself in a in a prison cell. That is part of the story. It's an interesting part. I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad we live in a world now where if you're a, a dad and your 16-year-old daughter comes home from school and happens to have $500 in her purse that she didn't have last week, and you start asking questions, now, in that dad's mind, because of the news coverage, it is now conceivable that there might be a Jeffrey Epstein-ish situation happening with your daughter. You know, it's it was never even, you would have never even guess that it. if you, you right. it never crossed your mind before but now so for so this is one good component that's come out of it is that now the general public is aware of sexual blackmail entrapment operations congratulations they've been going on forever right. but you now know that these are a thing sometimes and i've i've, I've tried to describe this when we were talking about like the 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 attention or lack of attention of these of like a uh, uh, like you mentioned, like the Southern District of New York, like why are they paying attention to something, but they're not paying attention to other things and you don't know the inner workings and you don't know who's compromised. I, I've always kind of described it like the way when I, I heard them talk about how you would determine where a black hole was, like the astronomers who say you would look for a black hole. You say, well, you can't see the black hole. It's invisible because it's too black. But what you do in order to notice that it's there is that you look for an unusual influence on something near it. You see a, a planet going one way where it shouldn't be going or, you know, something, a, another star moving in a, a direction that it shouldn't be. And you look for that. So you can't see the, the thing. You can only see its impact on something else. So when you look at like the, this, the trials, you can't, you don't know, and I don't know who at the Southern District of New York is compromised. You just know that they're the reaction that they have towards going after some people, Trump, not going after other people, Jess Staley, uh, all of Bill the, Clinton. The, the, the Bill Clinton, all these people that could easily be pulled easily. in. You you know that based on the behavior that you're seeing, based on what you see with these people. 
there must be some unseen influence that is impacting that. And that is exactly what's going on. And Jeffrey, I'm glad Epstein- you're saying that. I want to interject just for one minute because you just said something important. Because we just watched this E. Jean Carroll lawsuit, which is totally insane. Yes. They changed the law so she could go after him. She, this is totally impossible. I know the whole story. I know the place. I know everything. Anyway, but the crazy part about that, and what I want people to think about, is that they have girls that are alive that testified in court about big, huge, heavy hitters in New York City finance that are in those documents that have never been questioned. And they found Trump guilty of touching E. Jean Carroll in a Bergdorf Goodman. um, They made a big trial about it and everything. Like when I see that, and then there's a lot of people on their left. They're like, "Oh, he deserved it." This, you know, he's guilty. He's a rapist, whatever. And those same people on the left will be like, "Well, Bill Clinton and all of them, they didn't do anything," you know. Or it's just so crazy right. to me. It is crazy. It is. It is a. It is a, a disgusting justice system, and and Trump is is um, in the middle of this again. It's it's you can kind of you you can kind of watch. Trump's a maybe the maybe a bad barometer because there's so much energy around him. People either really love him or they really despise him. And so he he might not be the best barometer of this. But you can definitely see, just looking at Trump, that there are there's a different flavor of justice depending on who the person is. Yeah. If you've got enough money, if you've got, I mean, we all know that if you've got enough money to hire the right lawyers, then, then maybe, you know, you, you, in our minds, we're thinking, oh, my lawyer is going to have read a book that the other lawyer didn't read and is going to know to do this. This is maybe more than likely the reason why your lawyer is good is because your lawyer's kids go to school with the judge's kids. Right. I know People they're all in a big, it. and you can yeah. see each other at the country club. And you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. other components to this. Some people are just a little bit too big to be brought into court. They just they 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 they're too powerful, and then they start to make these calculations. Well, if I were to bring the head of Citigroup or the head of 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 J.P. Morgan in here, or if I was you know, or if I was going to bring the former president of the United States, Bill Clinton, in here, right? What is my life going to look like after that? You know what I mean? Like what you like, who's who's getting on the phone to get Bill Clinton in for a deposition? Yeah, but they but they get get awards and they get awards and cheerleaders for bringing in. And I just think whether you like Trump or hate Trump, the the bottom line is you should want fair, fair justice. But honestly, E. Jean Carroll, they're all excited. We know uh, Reed Hastings, I think, or Reed Hoffman, one of the one of the two. They paid for the whole thing. But the bottom line is. How I just don't understand how all people don't want the people that were obvious clients of Jeffrey Epstein at least questioned or indicted. A lot of people say the Southern District of New York has more power than the Department of Justice as is. But whatever the case may be, I wish most people because they also buried the the, um, Wiener laptop and then decided nothing happened there. These are all crimes that that should have been adjudicated. And I just I really hope people understand that. That's a small part of it. It's the justice side. But I really I really hope that this is the beginning of people asking, well, what else is there? Because I also believe that there's a connection between Epstein, not just Epstein and Gates, but Epstein and Wuhan. Like they, I'm telling you that this guy's fingerprints were everywhere. He was all involved with that. Everywhere. 
with that edge foundation and he wanted mm -hmm. to seed his, his, uh, he wanted to seed it. Like you're talking about eugenics and, uh, and, and a, a master race. Well, Jeffrey Epstein dreamed of a master race with his own sperm and talked about it in meetings. Yeah. And we have that whole Zorro ranch, which I see no evidence that that was ever torn apart and looked into. And I also want people to understand what you don't know about the Island is that there's a lot underneath that Island that was filled in. And I believe underneath the, um, the Zorro Ranch. So a lot of what we're talking about with transhumanism and, and all of this stuff and, and a lot of the tools that you're talking about with the banking system, with Bear Stearns and the collapse of that. And Epstein kind of walked away like a phantom, leaving it, leaving this mess behind him. So as much as it's not about Epstein, people have to understand that what they're trying to point to is not the most troubling part of the Epstein case. No, no. I mean, it's if you're troubled by child trafficking, as you should be, then it's it's a juicy story. But if you stop there, you're missing the you're missing the sequel. And that is yeah. that there, there was all kinds of things. If you want to do the prequel, even where he's exactly. where he's running guns for for, you know, with Iran Contra and dealing with those guys and or he's doing um, uh, Ponzi teaching schemes. At the prestigious yeah. But teaching at the most prestigious school in New York City without a college degree uh, for teenagers. Right. 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 Getting hired by Bill Barr's dad, who writes a book about space rape. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing is, is it's, it sounds like if we pitched this now, if we pitched this, it, it, yeah. it, if we went over to the Warner Brothers studio, we pitched this, they said, get out of here. This is, this is all nonsense. This sounds like uh, the, the, the deluded rantings of conspiracy theorists, except it's all part of his story. It's yeah. so fascinating. We haven't even gotten to, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much more that will come out over the years. But but, you know, when you mentioned the Southern District having this power, you know, you could prosecute Anthony Weiner. You could prosecute Hunter Biden. You could prosecute Jeffrey Epstein for all this stuff. Or you could collect all of that evidence, all these laptops or whatever, and you could sit on it and use it yourself. Now you've got leverage. Now those guys work for you. So you could put them in prison, but what fun is that? Make them work for you. So that's what I think the Southern District, I think that the I think that the city of New York, uh, whether it's Eric Adams and his band of and I had Sal oh, Greco boy. on a couple on Friday. Yeah, we I've had him on about, too. I'm friends with him. Yeah. Um, crazy. Uh, th this is a this is how it works. Power is 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 a very um delicate thing and 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 these guys like Jeffrey Epstein are allowed to exist they're allowed to be known they're allowed to get sweetheart deals because they serve a purpose and they also have a self-destruct button too and it's like if I'm going down you're all going down with me so you've got to if you can isolate them into a prison cell like like you do with him and then make it make him go away that's one way to do it but this is the reason why when you watch those depositions and Jeffrey Epstein sitting in there he is so annoyed and so flippant with them because he knows he runs this place you know he also he knows believed that he was getting out on bail a couple of days after he supposedly killed himself and and the, another thing but this is the most important part please do not believe that the Jeffrey Epstein story is over
You know, it's oh. like people have to understand this connects to so much of what we're dealing with because a lot of the big pharma, a lot of the transhumanism stuff we're talking about, you know, the the, the pills that that track you from inside, you can find Je Lieber, you can find Jeffrey Epstein's uh, fingerprints on me, many things, including the pandemic and all of this. And, and the, the big note here for me is all because Jeffrey Epstein's gone, that ring is not gone. That that no. is still continuing and it's functioning. Jeffrey Epstein, like you said, he was the figure. They took him down. We don't know exactly what happened there. But to think that that's over without people being exposed, no, it's not. No, no, it's it's a it's a it's a it's an operation that pays off massive dividends. Uh, I've always described Epstein as running one of the franchises. If you're curious about others, I don't know, Playboy Mansion. Nexium, you know, uh, you know Bridget Brands is coming out. People are like, whoa. And I'm like, oh, he's coming out about that. I thought he was going to come out about Nexium. Whatever the case may be, the bottom line is, and, and you know, like we talked about Whitney's book and a couple other people, um, we have to decide what kind of uh, America and what kind of world and what kind of future we want. And one of those ways of deciding that is deciding that these people are not heroes. They are, they should not get free passes. And the only people that are ever going to hold them accountable are us. And one of the people that does that uh, every day is Charlie Robinson. Uh, Sarah, I could talk, you know, we could talk for like three days straight. I'm sure that would get boring, but probably not for another hour or two. So we'll we'll pick it up next time. But um, you have all kinds of things going on. So if you're watching me on Rumble right now, please go over and subscribe to Charlie Robinson's uh, Macroaggressions on Rumble. He just finally joined us in Rumble. Yep. Rumble and, uh, elsewhere, tell them how and where to find you and follow you. Well, if you're looking to get out of someplace cold in uh, the first or well, I guess the second week of February, February 11th through the 16th, and you want to go to Acapulco, Mexico, you can come join me for the 10th anniversary of Anarchapulco, the largest anarchist conference in the world. It happens from February 11th through the 16th in Acapulco, Mexico. I will be the host and MC this year. It helps when you write a book with Jeff Berwick, the guy that started the place, yeah. then they make you the host, I guess. Um, so take a look. Go to anarchapulco.com if you want to discount pro the promo code or discount code over there is macro. It'll save you a little bit of money, but it's, it's five days. And and I, you'll learn a lot. You'll meet a lot of people internationally. I, I encourage people to come out. If not, then do the live stream. You can live stream it. Cool. It'll be fantastic. You can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions. You can follow my new. I have a new website macroaggressions.io that is out and available. It's very clean. It's very concise. It's got everything. Not a whole lot of you know fluff but it, it's all there so uh Great. and thank you mel of course i appreciate oh, our conversation and thanks I for coming on my back. radio show yesterday oh thank you but i want to have you back because i want to talk about this uh, uh anarchy anarchist uh ideas because i see a lot of people we have a lot of friends in common we've i've made over the last several years and you know a lot of people are still there they, they obviously know that the left and right republican democrat is bogus and it's all an illusion and everything but we have a we have a, an election in 2024 or we think we're going to and you know people are unhappy with both sides and i kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on that so hopefully we'll have you back yeah. next week if well, you have time and we'll, uh, we'll do that and, and i'll remind people anarchy doesn't mean no rules right it means no rulers exactly there's a huge difference 
And I need to get into that. And everyone needs to understand what that means. And all. also, it's going to be demonized to some extent. And I, I don't think that's what they mean. And I, I'm looking a lot more into that and into some of our libertarian friends and other things, just seeing what their solutions are. I think we need yeah. multiple solutions because clearly our country is captured and not functioning as planned. So therefore, we have to figure out how to make it function better. Thank you so much, Charlie Robinson, doing it every day. I will talk to you soon, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. You, something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. The who's trying to take over our, our healthcare system. All this craziness. And what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise. And that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, will double up but he has all new products over at the website god rest his soul he did not leave us unprepared and that is very important for you to prepare so he's got z shield he's got a kid z stack which is awesome he's got z flu z detox he's got all kinds of things he always said to me your your immune system must be clean resilient and resistant this matters the most and what i can say on top of that is that he supported me he supported free speech he supported medical freedom he supported personal liberty, and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused, and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to themelkshow.com. Go to our partners page. Goes down to Z-Stack. That also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who's dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him. They mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy. You're always out there. You're always standing up. Be brave. Courage is contagious. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q&As once a week with me, Mel Kay, 
we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.